Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Market Source Real Estate, and especially for you, your downtown florist. We're going to be telling you more about them throughout this episode. How's your 4th of July, Chris? You know, this year was a little bit different, and I'm actually okay with that. Every other year, it seems like, you know, you either go to a party, you go out to watch fireworks, you got to do something, right? Yeah, it's some big ordeal. This year, we were just house-sitting at your parents, so it was nice just to sit in the hot tub and Listen to all the fireworks from the neighbors. I think it was perfect. I think we should do that every year. <laughs> <laughs> Let's welcome everybody out today to uh, episode 389 of I Am Salt Lake podcast. My name's Chris Hollifield. And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. And if this is your first time listening to this podcast, you might be asking yourself what it's all about. Well, this podcast is about showcasing awesome people in Salt Lake City, Utah. We talk to musicians, authors, business owners, restauranteurs, breweries, distilleries, food truck owners, really anyone who might have a cool story to share. And we're recording today right in beautiful downtown Salt Lake City in our podcast studio that's located way in the back of Empire Merchandise. Empire Merchandise is located right downtown at 680 South State Street. And not only does Empire have an amazing selection of vape juice and vape accessories, but this is where you can come and purchase your very own I Am Salt Lake podcast t-shirt. It is warm out there, so it is time to uh, rock the short-sleeved I Am Salt Lake podcast uh, t-shirt. It's t-shirt weather. Who's on the podcast today, Chrissy? Today on the podcast, we got to sit down and chat with Claudia McMullen and John Lynn from Hugo Coffee. We got to find out their story, how they both got involved with the coffee business, and all their different flavors of coffee. And we're going to be getting to that conversation very shortly. Hey, before we jump into that conversation... Let's give love to one of our awesome sponsors, Market Source Real Estate. Hey, if you love the charm, if you love the character of old homes, you need to really contact our friends, Monique and Jeremy Higginson of Market Source Real Estate. For the past 17 years, they have been specializing in helping people buy and sell homes in the Sugar House and the greater Salt Lake area. With a background of flipping houses and owning almost two dozen homes themselves, Monique and Jeremy know the ins and outs of older homes. And if you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their homes to increase their value and help make sellers more money. If you are looking to buy an old home, they know what to look for in older homes so you don't end up buying a money pit. You can find more information about them on their website, thinksaltlakecity.com. Or their phone number, just give them a call, 801-810-6773. And many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's jump into that conversation with Claudia McMullen and John Lynn when they came over to our podcast studio to share their story. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the conversation. Usually I like to even start off with like where people are from, kind of get a little bit of the back history. So I don't know, John, where, where's home for you? Where, where did you grow up at? I was born in North Louisiana in Monroe. I was raised in Baton Rouge and uh, dad got transferred when I was in high school, ended up moving to Bountiful. And then I realized summers could be enjoyable. You know, there was, it wasn't a uh, crazy humid here and there was mountains and fishing and skiing and just never saw myself going back. So how old were you at that time about? 15. So about 15. 15. So you've been here for a minute. Yes. You've, you've... I've been in Utah longer than I ever was in Louisiana at this point. Very cool. And what about you, Claudia? Where's home for you? I'm originally from upstate New York, and I moved to Utah in 1999 from New York City after I had an epiphany on a chairlift, and I quit my Wall Street law firm job and just moved to Park City, Utah. Wow. Well, I mean, what was your initial reaction when you really actually moved here? When you're like, okay, I'm here. How did you I did feel? not do my due diligence. <laughs> what like, I was, was a little surprised. Yeah. What were you surprised about? Um, like the culture? Well, oh, yeah, or, or, the culture, which I ha- like, I, I really had not done any due diligence. And I went to see Saturday's Voyeur that summer with these new friends I had. And they were talking about the, the shtick of Saturday's Voyeur that year was sawing off the nipples of mannequins at the ZCMI Center. And I'm like, 
what the hell did I do? Moving. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What, yeah. what the hell's going on? And people are rolling on the floor. And I'm like, but you didn't. I'm have like the, freaking out. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? This isn't funny. This is crazy. Yeah. Anyway. But like you didn't have the history to understand no, and appreciate the No, I didn't the do the due diligence. Right, right. That's I tough. just got on a plane with my dog and moved to Park City, Utah. But you're here now? I've been here since 99. And you love it? I love it. Yeah, Park City's beautiful. The state is beautiful. Whole, I love everything state. about it. And we're here drinking some of your delicious cold brew, Hugo Coffee, which we're going to get into here and kind of find out the story of how this whole thing started. Delicious coffee, by the way. Thank you. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, it should get us kind of amped up here. We've yeah. been kind of dragging this week, though, so this caffeine's going to be great for us. Now, how did the two of you meet? Because I'm sure there's a little bit of a story there. Oh, yeah. With how you, the both of you met. I don't know who wants to take that one or start with it, at least. Well, probably me, because how we met is in one in my many iterations, in my many jobs and careers that I've had since I moved here in 99. I moved here thinking, I'm not going to be a lawyer anymore. I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. And then I realized, well, hell, that's all I really know how to do. So I guess I'll be a lawyer. And then I really tried not to be a lawyer. I tried to find other careers over the past 20 years. So I went through a couple. One, I ran Nuzzles and Company. I was the executive director of Nuzzles and Company, which was formerly known as Friends of Animals Utah. So I did that for a few years. Which is Friends of, I, I'm familiar with It's an animal rescue both. organization okay. that is located, it started in Summit County like 25 years ago. Okay. And I'm a huge animal lover and animal rescuer. And that was like my dream job. I, so I became the executive director of, of Friends of Animals. So I did that for a while. At the same time, simultaneously, I ran for office and won two terms as a Summit County Council member. So I was in 2008 and out in 2016. While I was on the Summit County Council, I was the chair of the council. And as part of that job, I sat on the executive committee of the Park City Chamber Board. The Park City Chamber owned the Visitor Information Center that had a coffee kiosk in it. That was operated by Silverbean Coffee. Silverbean, after one year, did not renew its lease for the kiosk. And I was on the cha- so I'm on the executive committee of the chamber board. And I'm like, oh, that's terrible. I go there. You need coffee. I mean, this is where I like to have my business meetings. This is mm-hmm. where I meet clients. This is where I meet constituents. This is awful. We got to you know call this person, this person, this person. And then I went home to my husband and I said, well, I can do that. And I bought a coffee shop. And then I started, and I was using Silverbean Coffee. John was the head roaster for Silverbean Coffee. So, they, so he was already there. He was roasting down in Salt Lake. I'm operating a shop up in Park City. So I met John by virtue of his role as the head roaster for Silverbean. Fast forward one year, Silverbean sells its roasting business to a distributing company called Brogue at the time. I know. I want to own a coffee roasting company. This is like after a year of owning a coffee shop, I thought, I really want to own a coffee roasting company. And then I thought I might buy a coffee roasting company. And, I, and then once silver beans sold, I knew immediately that my quality was going to go down and my prices were going to go up. So I said, I'm just going to let John get super unhappy. And <laughs> just I'm going to call him. out. And after about six weeks, I called John and I said, do you want to start a roasting company together? And he said... Oh, definitely. I love Bark City. <laughs> That's the story of how John and I got together with Hugo Coffee Roasters. So you're at, so so the coffee shop, there. so there's a coffee shop called Hugo Coffee. Mm-hmm. Then. Okay. See, so I was just, under, I didn't realize there was actual shop. I just thought there was coffee beans. No, the shop came first. So the shop came first. When you might've mentioned that, did you say when the shop started, like what year it was? I bought the shop in 2013, February, okay. 2013, I started operating what I then called Hugo Coffee Shop. Okay. And in 2015, June of 2015 is when when we learned that, when I learned that Silver Bean had been sold. Okay. So uh, we started Hugo Coffee Roasters. We started chatting in August of 2015. We were up and running. John picked the roast, you know, John picked the machine. I found the location. John created the blends. You know, we had this, we, we launched in December 2015. So as why, a roasting company. Why did you want to go further than just a coffee shop? Like, why wasn't a coffee shop good enough? Why did you want to start roasting coffee? Because I wanted to make a dime someday. And so you thought, okay, I can actually make some money. I might make some money. Might make some if money. I, if is, I do roast. Is it tough? To, I mean, Utah coffee shop just seems 
When people think of coffee, you don't think of Utah. It was really hard in the location that I was in because, well, there's a few things going on up in Summit County. One, you don't have a lot of population base. Yeah. Two, my coffee shop is not easy to find, nor am I allowed much signage. So I actually had to drive traffic to the place. So that was a big challenge. But I do have name recognition in Summit County, and that helped. Well, I was just wondering, you know, Utah, right? The whole, like, a lot of people here don't really drink coffee, right? Because they're told not to, right? The religion tells people not to drink coffee. So I just I was, didn't know if you run into that out in Summit County, right? You know, I don't know. But Summit County is a little bit more liberal, right? Is it, is it a little more easier to go out there than with coffee than, than I guess, here in Salt Lake? Probably? I think, John, you can speak more to coffee in Utah than I. I just know that in Summit County... There's no problem. Yeah. Well, just and, uh, you know, because our population base explodes twice a year. Yeah. There's with so skiing much in the summer. And, yeah. I, I, and I'm I, in a visitor center. I know people yeah, that have yeah. coffee shops in Utah County and they suffer. You know, they're like, oh, nobody drinks coffee down here. Well, so that's it, tough. And yeah. that's changing well, in, in that area. So. And, th- and that's changing because of the Silicon Slopes. Sure. With these big companies coming in right on the cusp of Utah County. And I bet Utah County is the next land of opportunity for coffee shops. Personally, that's what I think. So, Claudia, have you always been kind of an entrepreneur? Has that kind of always been your thing? Is it, uh, or was this kind of the first entrepreneur type thing you've gone after? I'm going to say I have always been fearless. I am not afraid of risk. That's just my nature. Quitting my Wall Street law firm job, selling my apartment, and moving to Park, to Park City, Utah in, 20, in 1999. That was pretty ballsy. Then I ran, you know, I had my own uh, law firm, meaning I hung a shingle, me, me, myself, and I. Um, I did that for a number of years, and I guess the answer is yes. But I think it's more, I'm a person who takes advantage of opportunity when it presents itself, and I'm not afraid to leap. I think it's more that than, you know, I was raised by entrepreneurs or anything like that. I think it's just more that I have I'm relatively fearless. Like you see something you want and you go for it. Yeah. And I do it pretty, yes, I just, I go for it. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. What about you, John? Um, Well, you know, I've mostly been in coffee my entire life. I started right after high school, you know, saving money for college, working in coffee shops. And it was just, you know, I really liked coffee and then it was a hobby and then eventually turned into a a career. And it was, you know, it, it took a about five seconds to decide that I wanted to go to Park City because my first thought was I work with I work with a currently established coffee roasting company. There's plenty of work for me. You know, I, I, I have a good gig going on here. But what Claudia's offer was do whatever you want. Pick the coffee you want. Buy the equipment you want. We're going to make this work. We're going to sell good coffee. It's going to be great. And uh, just the ability to kind of create and do do things that way and choose the coffees and and, you know, have the kind of atmosphere in Park City that we wanted and we wanted to kind of build was really nice. It's probably a great creative outlet. Like instead of just doing the same roasting over and over, you could actually spend time creating your own blends. And like it, it seems like it would be a very creative it's job. Re- it's really fun. Sourcing coffee is is probably my favorite part of the job other than all the free coffee, you know. Um, now, what do you but, mean by sourcing coffee? I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with ki- coffee lingo. So what does what that mean? We just like drinking it. So, yeah. What yeah. does that mean? <laughs> um, so just finding the coffees that we want to use to bring in. So, you know, there's there's thousands and thousands of farms and Is there like a catalog and, out there or how do you find out about all these farms? Uh, it's, you know, it, it's tough. I've, I've picked up coffee just in traveling and, and meeting people. A, a lot of our coffee does come from importers. Um, we rely heavily on importers to purchase coffees for us. Um, There are many, many importers, but there's a small handful in the States that do a really good job. And a word I like to use is transparency. And any company that has a lot of transparency is a company that I like to work with. So if I have contact to the farms, I know where this coffee is coming from. You know, you understand that these people are getting paid a living wage and, you know, they have healthcare and access to schools and and different things like that. And so we look for coffees that number one, taste great, but number two, have a really good story and have a really good, you know, feeling to them. So we're purchasing products that feel really good for us in the you end. Could, you could call it ethically sourced coffee. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Exactly. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. In true Subaru fashion, Mark Miller Subaru isn't afraid to take the road less traveled. That's why Mark Miller Subaru is honored to be Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. 
Mark Miller Subaru's exclusive negotiation-free program is called Promise Price. All vehicles sold at Mark Miller Subaru are competitively priced, so their customers know that they are getting an exceptional deal. Everyone, regardless of who you know, you're going to pay the same price. The price you see is the price that you pay. Mark Miller Subaru is committed to revolutionizing the car buying experience. By offering people a transparent, competitive, and honest price right up front, Mark Miller Subaru can focus on providing their guests with a fun and memorable experience instead of one tainted negotiation. Mark Miller Subaru has two convenient locations for you to visit. Mark Miller Subaru at Midtown at 3535 South State Street in Salt Lake City. This is the one that actually Chris and I personally use for all of our Subaru needs. And Mark Miller Subaru Southtown at 10920 State in Sandy. Hey, go test drive a Subaru today. Chrissy and I already know that you're going to love it because we couldn't imagine living here in Utah without our Subaru Impreza. It's gotten us out of some situations that I know a different car just would not have been able to handle. Again, go visit them at their Midtown or Southtown locations. And many thanks to Mark Miller Subaru for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. So how many different blends do you have? You have a few different blends. I, you have some bags here with you. We now. have, what? and all of our blends are named and with a nod towards dogs. Because Hugo is my dog. Okay, He's, I was curious where you got the name. Yeah, so. so Hugo is my, I'm a foster failure of a three-week-old bulldog mix, and that's Hugo. He's super handsome, and I thought when I bought the coffee shop, I thought, well, I don't want to call it Claudius coffee shop. So I said, let's call it Hugo because I was known a little bit for animal rescue because I ran the local animal rescue. So anyway, I named the company Hugo and all of our coffees are named with a nod towards dogs. So from darkest to lightest, we have Black Paw, which is like a French roast. We have Bonafido, which is a medium dark. We Our espresso is called Howling. Our light roast is called, oh, we have a breakfast blend called Rollover. Our light roast is New Trick. Our decaf is Downward Dog Decaf. Our cold brew is Dog Days Cold Brew. Very And cool. then we have the Roaster's Choice, which is a rotating series of coffees, of coffee that John picks the farm and it, and kind the, of a limited edition. Exactly. Type thing? It's like okay. every four to eight weeks, depending on this, how much of the coffee he buys, but they're usually small farms and it's not a lot of coffee. So we go through it in like a month and then we change it around. Typically, you know, we, we have it for about six weeks or so, unless it's a coffee that I really fall in love with and I have access to. We, we had a coffee from Ethiopia for like five months or so at one point, and we never changed just because everyone loved it. It was really fruit forward and, and we really loved roasting it. So we just kept buying until eventually it was like, okay, we got to switch it up. This is supposed to be seasonal and rotating. And we just hey, kept so going back to, to the same it. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> What is your, you have like a give back program kind of? So uh, we're a social mission driven company in that we, our motto is drink coffee, save dogs. So we give back to animal rescue with every retail bag that we sell. Right now we give back mostly, I'll give back to any animal rescue, any accredited animal rescue. If somebody were to call me from Chicago and ask me and put me and put my coffee in their grocery store or in their cafe and say, Claudia, I'd like you to give to North Shore Animal League or whatever the animal rescue is in that location, I would do so. So currently when we are on, we're on Amazon, we're selling quite a bit on Amazon. Our cold brew is particularly very popular on Amazon. And we give back to Best Friends when we sell on Amazon because Best Friends has a national reach. It's a name that a lot of animal lovers will recognize. It's kind of up there. It's not as big, it's not as recognizable as the Humane Society, but it's pretty recognizable. If if you know anything about animal rescue, Best Friends is like the gold star of animal rescue and with a nationwide reach. If you buy it in the Wasatch front or back or regionally, chances are I'm going to be giving to Nuzzles and Company, the company I the nonprofit I used to run that I have a very close relationship with. I will also, if you have a cafe or you a grocery store and you want to give back to Pause for Life, I'll give back to Pause for Life. I'll give back to anybody you want me to give back to. You just have to tell me. Do you have like a standard percent that you give? It's or? between 8 and 10% depending on the blend for every bag. Now we also do, and we're everywhere all summer long. We're popping up like lunatics everywhere. Like today we're at the Blues Fest. We're at farmer's markets. We're at any animal rescue event. We, we pop up. And when we pop up, we sell the bags of coffee 
and we sell our swag, we sell our hats and our mugs, and we give the difference between retail and wholesale then, which is about $5 for every bag we sell. So that we really give quite a bit when we pop up. So when we did the super adoption two like a month ago, three weeks ago, that was for best friends because best friends, it's the best friend super adoption. We probably raised $500 that weekend alone, just selling bags of coffee wow. and spreading the word. So every yeah. bag of our coffee says, this bag supports dog rescue. Why is this whole give back thing, like more and more businesses are doing it. Is this kind of a, a newer trend that it, it seems like it started with Tom's Shoes, right? Oh, like yeah, years Tom's ago. I, I feel like it's like a, a generational thing where all of a sudden, I don't know, people our age or oh. whatever around now are kind of like, we're sick of being selfish. Like we want to yeah. share back, we, you know, want, I think it's a kind of a cultural shift. I think it's a cultural shift as well. And at the end of the day, this is what I'm thinking. I want to affect change. I mm-hmm. want to save animals. That's what that's part of my DNA. Yeah. Yeah. So I start a coffee roasting company. Well, I think that coffee roasting company should save animals. So it's not only my DNA, it's my company's DNA. It's very authentic with respect to Hugo Coffee because it's named after my dog and I used to run an animal rescue yeah. and now I'm my my purpose in life is to sell as much coffee as I can to save as many animals as I can. And it's perfect for like customers like us who, you know, if we love animals, but you, you know, you can't adopt all the animals in the world, or maybe you're not in a situation where you can have one, you know, if we can do something like buying your coffee and knowing that we're supporting that cause, it's, it just kind of, I think it helps everybody feel, I I don't want to say feel better, but you know, it it makes you feel like you're doing something at least. Well, I think it's great. I just was curious what, uh, what. What's yeah. causing this? If it's if it's the whole you know millennials, doing, it is you know, pretty. Probably. It, it, it is generational for sure. Yeah. It's definitely something that's cropped up in the last ten years. I'm going to say, sure. or maybe even fifteen. And I just thought, well, I want to distinguish my coffee and my company from every competitor, not just regional competitors. Like I want to be the coffee, the go-to coffee for dog lovers nationwide. I want to save animals, and to me, it was just a natural distinguishing feature that comports with who I am. And then John gets to do what he loves. I, we both get to do what we love most in life. John gets to create amazing coffee, roast amazing coffee, and I get to sell amazing coffee to save animals. And this is Hugo, right? On your the a picture of him on the stickers and then on the actual coffee themselves, right? Yes. He's so That's cute. the Hugh. Does he ever make it into the shop? No, because no. he's kind of a jackass. Oh. That's <laughs> not, fair. Not the friendliest <laughs> of people, I guess. He's super friendly. He might knock you over. He's about seventy five pounds of solid muscle and he's not very well behaved. In that he loves people. He's got a lot of energy, uh, probably. He's ten and he acts like he's six months still. <laughs> he's ne- he's gonna be a twenty five year old dog. It's oh, crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you ever see yourself like opening more coffee shops or are you just going to stay where you're at? Have you been approached by people that are like, I want to open one in California and Texas? I don't know, wherever. I think we're just trying to focus on wholesale and providing coffee to as many people as we can and um, doing as much as we can through dog rescue, which is the way that we know how to do that is through selling bags. We're definitely open to the idea of having more shops and it's something we'd love to do. Um, But where our, our focus is right now is pushing that dog rescue and, and, and pushing our retail sales um, on bags of coffee. I'm totally open to opening a shop elsewhere. If the right opportunity You know, like I along, said earlier, I I'm opportunistic. If something mm-hmm. comes along that makes a lot of sense for me, I will do that. I am not in a major hurry to spend a lot of rent. I mean, retail is hard. Yeah, I, I was And it's say, not it's like, terribly lucrative. Right. It's hard unless you get... The sweetest deal mm-hmm. on a, but on then a you have location. To get, you have right. to get the machinery. You have to train people. You have to like, oh, you, you know, invest. consistently check. And so it's it seems like it would be a lot of, uh, you'd almost have to like back off for a minute of everything else and just focus on that one shop to get it up and running. Right. And that is exactly, that is exactly where I get torn because mm-hmm. I'm just one person. And what I want to do is not that. I don't want to divert my attention from outreach to you know to selling my coffee to saving animals to because I'm opening a shop somewhere I got mm-hmm. you you know if I could triple myself I mean I could consider possibly franchising where I'm not there 
Yeah. If I could figure out a way to run a shop where I'm not there. That'd be great. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. That'd so be what do you know now that you wished you would have known when you started all this? Because I'm sure you know things now that would have really helped you in the beginning. Probably helped to be a lawyer to begin with because you knew a lot of The business stuff. legalities, I guess. Yeah. What I know now is this, this is a really competitive industry. Coffee is? Really competitive. It's super competitive locally. It's super competitive nationally. I mean, you can't find a town, particularly a mountain town, that doesn't have its own roaster. You, I mean, good luck finding any big town that doesn't have a number of roasters. And everybody wants to buy local. So why would, why would you want to buy from me if you are in Sun Valley and there's a Sun Valley roasting company? So, so you have to find something that sets you apart. Right. right? And it's which, animal rescue. Animal rescue, which I've never seen in a coffee. I know I never thought to put those two things coffee, together, but I love uh, it. Before. I mean, if you look yeah. on Amazon at our reviews, one, they're great, which is nice. But two, it is a message that speaks to people because they put it in the reviews. And who doesn't like rescuing animals? Right. They're like dogs, people right? Are like, I mean, not only is the coffee great, but I'm helping animals. So isn't that awesome? And the answer is yes, it is awesome. Keep buying. <laughs> This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Especially For You, your downtown florist. Especially For You has been located in downtown Salt Lake City for over 33 years. They deliver all custom-designed arrangements with fresh, quality flowers. They have a large selection of premium flowers, plants, succulents, orchids, and more. Especially For You has been so incredible to us. We had a friend, Jimmy Martin, who recently passed away. And we, we wanted to donate some flowers for his celebration of life. And I called especially for you the day before they needed to be delivered. And they were so happy to help us. And they delivered on a Sunday. They delivered when we needed. And they were helpful picking out the best selection of flowers for his celebration. So I'm personally very grateful for them. Especially for you, they love their customers and they take great pride in delivering unique, beautiful arrangements for any occasions. And they're going to deliver valley-wide from Draper to Farmington, just like Chrissy said. They have hip, cool, modern designs. You can find them all on their website at yourdowntownflorist.com or just give them a call, 801-531-7557. Again, their website, yourdowntownflorist.com. And many thanks to Especially For You, your downtown florist, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Do you each have a favorite blend? Like, what's your favorite blend? What's your go-to cup of Every coffee? Every day? Every day. Is Bonafido French Rose. I mean, French Pressed. I drink a pot of French Pressed Bonafido every day. And then, of course, in the summer, I loves me some dog days, cold brew. And I just found out Chrissy isn't a cold brew coffee I, person. I, I guess never we've never really been, had it at home. Yeah, we've never had cold brew, but like, I'm kind of getting sold on this because it's really good. Yeah. It's very refreshing. I'm definitely picky about cold brew as well. It, you know, it feels really hit and miss to me. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm glad that you said that because oh, I feel, yeah, like, he's all I feel like, like I'm such a freak because people look at me like, you don't drink cold brew coffee? No, John's well, like, it's appalling that people have cold <laughs> brew. A big reason that cold brew has become so popular is that brewing with cold water opposed to brewing with hot water it's extracting less acidity from the coffee. So um, it's a lot smoother. It's a lot easier for people to drink, especially in quantity. But I really love the acidity in coffee and I really love really acidic coffees. So when I'm drinking iced coffee, I typically go for iced Americanos or uh, iced coffee that's like brewed with hot water. Um, And then chilled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite of the blends of our coffees? Oh, I love Nutrick. It's so good. Yeah, he likes the light roast because he likes acidity. I love it's, light roast. It's, it's really that. balanced, I think. It, it it has a nice acidity to it, but it's also a light roast that I feel like is really approachable and a coffee that I like to share with people who think they only like dark roasts. Yeah. And then they taste it and then they're they're kind of blown away or surprised. It's like, oh, I didn't I thought light roasts meant, you know, it was weak. You know, I was like, no, light roast doesn't mean it has to be meek. It doesn't doesn't have to be anything necessarily, mm-hmm. you know. Isn't light roast actually a little bit stronger? More, I've read more somewhere that there's more caffeine in light roast. So how it works is, yes, you, you do roast out caffeine content. Um, so the darker you go, the less caffeine you're going to have. But it depends a lot more on the coffee in the bag than the roast level, I would say. So some coffees just have a lot more caffeine than others. So one coffee roasted really dark may still have a lot more caffeine than a light roasted coffee that's different. 
Okay. Um, All right. How much coffee do you drink? Well, I mean, are you roasting <laughs> and testing and just like going crazy? This dude's drinking coffee all the time. Have it, you had a moment where you're like, I need to stop for a few days? I think about that quite often. But then in the morning when I wake <laughs> up, I, I uh, it's the first thing I think about and I, and I really want it. But yeah, we, we quality control. So, you know, it's part of our job to drink coffee. I drink a lot of cups, but I drink small cups. You know, I'm, I'm drinking like four ounces at a time. And then a couple hours later, I'll come back and try a different coffee and I'll have a few ounces of that where you really get buzzing is when you're calibrating equipment or doing espresso trainings, um, or trying to dial in a new espresso blend and work with that. So it's just sipping espresso over and over and over again. And all of a sudden it's, it's been two hours and you, you can't talk and your hands are shaking and just drink a lot of decaf. Yeah. There you go. Drew. I have a really dumb question, but it just popped into my head. You know how when um, you're smelling things or tasting things and in between, uh, they'll give you like a bowl of coffee beans to clear your senses? Is there something like that for while you're tasting coffee? Like if you're switching different coffee flavors? Seltzer. How do you clear uh, your palate? We, yeah, we, we do it with mineral water. water. Yeah. Right on. Huh. I've never heard that one. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to get a nice rinse off the tongue because yeah. especially when we're sitting down at a table and we're trying to decide, you know, somebody might come in and they're looking for a coffee for their establishment. It's like, OK, well, we have 10 coffees you can choose from and they're looking for one. So we go through and we taste them all and see what's going to work great for them. But it's really easy to get lost in all the coffee and right. you're trying all these different things. Um, all so of a sudden it all tastes the same. Exactly. Yeah. So what ruins a cup of coffee for you? Um. Improper roasting is, okay. is, is is a big thing. It can be too light and it tastes really grassy and it's just underdeveloped and there's no complexity to it. Coffees that are burnt. Um, I particularly don't love coffees that are roasted really dark. I don't like to feel like I'm tasting what the roaster has done. I like to think I'm tasting what the farmer did um, and what they did at, at the mill to process the coffee. I believe our job as roasters is to take a product someone put a lot of love and care into and not ruin it. So we take something and as roasters, we don't add anything to the coffee. We don't add any flavor. You know, we can roast in certain ways to we can accentuate some flavors that are already there um, and maybe mute flavors that are already there. And we can kind of manipulate the coffee in that way. But there's nothing we do that adds to the coffee. All we can do is Purchase good coffee and try not to ruin what somebody else's hard work, you know, somebody else has already done. I have so many coffee related questions that I never thought of before. You know, when you go, when you go to the store and you see like French vanilla roast or hazelnut roast or, you know, what's that all about? Is, do they add flavor to it or? So it, it can get a little confusing. So on our packaging, you can look and it's going to have flavor notes to it. Now, those are just natural notes in the coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we have a, a coffee flavor wheel that you can look at. And some coffee's like, oh, this, you know, is tastes like citrus fruits. This may taste like lime or grapefruit. It's like, oh, this coffee tastes like caramel and toffee. Oh, this tastes like baker's chocolate, you know, bittersweet, different things like that. And those are just natural flavors found within the coffee. But when you're looking at bags of coffee that might say like French vanilla, hazelnut, different things like that. A lot of times those are flavored coffees and typically they say flavored on them. And what they're doing is they're, you know, using some sort of additive. They roast the coffee, then they uh, put it in what kind of looks like a tiny concrete mixer. And then they'll add like some sort of syrup um, or tincture. I'm not really sure. I've never been interested in in doing that. But then they tumble it and then package it afterwards. That's anathema to what John does. What's this? Flavoring coffee. Yeah. (laughs) What's this new uh, mushroom coffee? Have you guys seen that? What is mushroom coffee? Oh, yeah. It's like medicinal mushroom coffee. No, I don't know. I've just... Is it mushrooms or coffee? It's it's coffee made from mushrooms. I was just curious. I'm not exactly sure how it all works. But yeah, it's kind of a... It's like a health food trend. Uh, Is it? Yeah. I just was wondering what the deal was with the mushroom coffee. Lion's mane and stuff like that. I don't know. It's for digestion and stuff. I could even cut all this out. (laughs) (laughs) I was just curious, you know? I've never heard of mushroom coffee. I was like, you guys are the coffee experts. What do you guys do... Is it hard? Okay. 
Maybe this is a hard question to ask you guys. Go. But like, let's say you're traveling, right? You don't have your Hugos with you. Is it oh, hard? Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, you do. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> you do. Well, that's, I mean, have you ever found yourself you. like, oh my gosh, I got to just get this really bad truck stop coffee. And, and I, I won't drink it. You just it. won't do it. It's huh? terrible. Yeah. I am like the snob now. And I lived in New York City. I would drink the crap from the deli on the corner all the time. Coffee light. You know, it's ridiculous. <sighs> and now I bring my Hugo wherever I go. And where if I'm going somewhere, if okay, if I'm driving, then I bring the Hugo and I bring the grinder and I bring the French press. Oh wow! Uh, oh, yes. you, you like you bring yes. the setup. Yes. <laughs> she has her own suitcase gonna, for her. I was going to say, like, yeah. have you ever considered uh, making more of an instant version so that when you're traveling, you can have that? This is as close to instant coffee as we do, which In is the dog days for we, people listening. Yeah. You're holding up a. These a, are yeah. dog days cold brew packs, and we just launched this product uh, about a month and a half ago. And these are four-ounce compostable bags. Like, imagine a tea bag that is full of four ounces of coarsely ground Dog Days coffee that, like I said, is in this compostable four-ounce pack that you just drop the pack into a quart of water and 12 hours later, you have cold brew. And the cold brew can be – you can heat up the cold brew as well. So for camping purposes, for example, we have friends who make it for cold brew. We have friends who make it the night before, wake up, and then heat up. The, okay. the coffee, and then they just throw away the the bag because yeah. it's compostable. Right, you and you have a quarter water. You have a quarter cold later. Huh. Exactly, okay. that's the closest thing we have to anything instant. It takes twelve hours. <laughs> Close <laughs> enough. Yeah. But it's better than the garbage oh, truck stop oh, coffee. Dear God, right? yes, this oh is spectacular. God. Yeah, it's a good way to to convince people or show people the quality levels in coffee. Because, you know, sometimes it's a hard sell when I have this bag of coffee that's retailing at $13.99 and I'm looking at a can of Kirkland Band coffee that I know is three pounds and it costs $9. We've made Um, that mistake before, though. (laughs) We're like, oh, never again. And, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, I'm not a big coffee person. I had cream and sugar. You know, I, I can't really tell. It doesn't really matter to me. So what I like to do in those instances is In fact, I did the exact same thing with my mom because she apparently only likes trash white Zinfandel $5 bottle wine, and that's the only wine she likes and the only wine she's going to drink. It has a place, though. I'm not saying it doesn't have a place. I may not have a box of white Zinfandel at home. (laughs) (laughs) But that that was her favorite, and that's all she wanted to drink. Yeah. And so it was Christmas time, and and me and my brother, we set up all these wines, and we poured them all, and uh, they were all hidden from her. And everyone tasted the wine and everyone had to pick what they thought it kind of tasted like and describe it, which is, you know, really fun with people who don't think about what you're you're drinking in your palate a lot and flavor notes. Um, and so then we put them in order with, you know, what was your favorite wine? What was your least favorite and why? And mom's least favorite wine was her favorite bottle of white Zinfandel that just tasted like Kool-Aid. And we do the exact same thing with coffee. I'll go to Walmart and I'll buy an old, you know, garbage coffee that was probably ground last year and we'll brew some of that and we'll put it next to our coffee and we'll throw a couple things in there and then that's when people really know as you taste one thing you're like okay i I could drink that that's fine and then you taste something else and you're like now i I, I could never go back to the other thing (laughs) and you taste that and you're like this tastes like loose change tastes like grass like this is terrible it's like burnt and then you're you're tasting one thing you're like but this is delicious and i want to drink this and i feel like that's a good you know, selling point for us is to get people thinking about coffee quality and kind of what they're drinking, because a lot of people don't realize that there is a very large jump that you can make. And until you sit down and you taste one coffee next to the other, then you're like, oh, dear God, what have I been doing my whole <laughs> life? It's uh, kind of like when, when I was growing up, my favorite thing to do was open a can of Folgers. I best loved smell it. in the best world. Sm- you pop yeah. it open, the vacuum pops. It's the best part of waking up. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so I love smelling it as a little kid, but I never liked coffee. I didn't think coffee tasted good, but it smelled so good. And it wasn't until I was in high school and, you know, I was drinking coffee with cream and sugar. And, you know, I, I was raised in the South, so we, were, we grew up drinking coffee. I started drinking coffee at about age six, even though I didn't really like it that much, just to be a part of the breakfast table. Um, but it wasn't until high school that I started buying coffees from California and Seattle and New York and, and and trying different coffees and realizing coffee can taste just as good as that Folgers can smell when I was five years old. Um, and that was a kind of a big turning point for me and why I started bouncing around from coffee shop to coffee shop, trying to be able to 
drink the best coffee and be around the best equipment and surrounded by people who actually cared. So you really got into it at an early age just for the love of coffee. Oh, at five years old, my granny in southern Arkansas would give me what she called coffee milk, which was eight ounces of milk, a spoonful of sugar, and then warm milk. Or eight, about an ounce of coffee, a spoonful of sugar, and eight ounces of warmed milk on the stove. And that's what I drank next to all the all, all the parents sitting the, around. The big adults. The, exactly. The growing up. Now, now I know how to how wake the kids up. In. Maybe we should give that to Lucy, right? I know. I was we just have thinking a one that. and a half year old, right? <laughs> Do you, <laughs> she, she's already full of energy. <laughs> like she doesn't have enough energy. Put it in yeah. a bottle, right? <laughs> And every year, you, you know, you just take a little bit more milk out of there and a little bit more coffee. And then eventually it's just black and it's delicious. And yeah. I love coffee. I find that I can get to drinking too much, though. So I'm just like bouncing off the walls. I just like sometimes need to slow it down. I'm just like too much coffee <laughs> for me. Today. If you were to open a new business, right, a restaurant, a venue, if you ever thought about this, like, is there something else you would like to go into besides coffee? Have either of you thought about that at all, or are you kind of just focused on coffee right now? Oh, Daddy Lynn's Cajun Cafe, serving up gumbo at the ski resort. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't actually, is there good gumbo here in Salt Lake City or Utah? Daddy Lynn's. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You're, it's hard to find. Because that's, that's for sure. I'm trying to think. What's the, have you, the Bayou? The, do they the, have gumbo? Yeah, they think they do. Have I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's yes. good, though. Oh, okay. I don't, have you had the gumbo at the Bayou? I mean, the, the, the Bayou is great. I go there, I drink some beer. You know, I love sweet sure, potato sure. fries. But, you know, I was raised in the South and I was raised to like food yeah. and I'm pretty picky. Sure. It's just yeah. not the same. Especially when it comes to my staples and favorite things in life, which are crawfish boils, crawfish etouffee and chicken and sausage gumbo. What about you, Claudia? Have you thought about opening another business, a venue, restaurant, something? Uh, no. No. You're just like, I got to <laughs> no, stay focused I on the need coffee. To f- I need to stay in my lane. Keep my eye on the ball and sell the hell out of Hugo Coffee. Now, now your location, it's it's in Park City or Summit County? Where, where? We roast up in, we do, I have a well, coffee shop in Park City. Park City. And what's it's, the location on that? It's I don't in know the if... Junction. It's in Kimball Junction. It's I'm actually located inside the Visitor Information Center, which is on the corner of 224 and Olympic Parkway. So my shop looks right up at the Olympic Parkway. Now, do you just have coffee in there or is there food Oh, too? no. I have. Sandwiches, stuff like that. Sandwiches salads, overnight oats, baked goods, ice cream. I have spectacular ice cream, Wasatch Creamery. I'm the only brick and mortar place that you can find Wasatch Creamery ice cream. It's so oh, wow. good. And it's crazy good. This ginger is, lime. Oh yeah, ginger lime. Lavender. Oh, what was it? Lavender blueberry. Oh my, oh my gosh. That's yeah, crazy. Wow. What yeah. Is- and so I have that. I have nitro coffee, okay. you know, nitrogen infused. I have all the coffee drinks that you can imagine as well as tea and Italian sodas. It's a real... What are the hours up there for people? 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, Monday through Friday and 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, Saturday and Sunday. Does it get pretty out of control during Sundance? Do you deal a lot? Do you get a lot of like, is it? Is it? Not my shop. We're very busy during Sundance. I mean, my shop, Not, not the so shop much. is busy, but the shop is. I was just wondering if it affects you as a, in Park City. I mean, I guess it's it's got to affect you, but I didn't know if it was a good way or a bad way. Well, you're talking to somebody who sat on the board for 12 years of Sundance at the at the advisory board. So I'm a huge fan of Sundance. I think certainly there are issues with you know impacts of traffic and sure, blah blah blah. Sure. But the bottom line is, it is a huge economic driver for the state, for yeah. our, for the region, and specifically for Park City. And I love it. I love every minute of Sundance. Oh yeah, no, I wasn't getting on Sundance. No, I know, I, was I just, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I was just wondering how it is as a business. So as a business, so. As a business, as a coffee shop, it doesn't really affect me as much as it would on Main Street. Like if you're Atticus Coffee on Main Street, you're killing it for for two weeks. Okay. Killing it. I am out at the junction and I my typical customer is a local. Some you know, most of the population base of Summit County lives in Snyderville Basin, which is where Kimball Junction's located. That's where eighty percent of the population base of the whole county resides. So my it's not that impactful for me. I don't get this huge bump like if you're on Main Street. Where we get a huge bump is we are the coffee providers for a lot of the pop-ups, right? So we were at the Acura Lounge. We've been at um, Chase. Chase Sapphire. We've been done. We did Chase Sapphire. That's a Stella. huge activation. It's got a. It's a three location activation. Stella Artois. We've done for a number of years. AT and T tent. We did last year. So I was. I misspoke. We did not do Acura. We did. If I said Acura, we didn't do Acura. We did AT and T, Stella Artois, and um, Chase, Chase Sapphire. Sapphire. 
And that's and that's on top of our wholesale customers who are the resort. I mean, the resorts don't do it as well. But for example, we're this we're the provider of coffee for St. Regis. Okay. So St. Regis Deer Valley, like that's a that's a killer week. That's a killer mm. couple weeks. Like retail sales go up. Our wholesale business, their sales yeah, go up right, because right. there's so many people in town. Any of our hotel customers are killing it during that time. So we're very busy on, on top of that. Not only are we activating all up and down Main Street, our wholesale business goes crazy during that month as well. I think the eating establishment went through like 300 pounds of coffee in oh, less wow. than two weeks. Yeah. And do you ever and run out? 300 like pounds? A- what does that even look like? 300 it's, pounds of coffee. I, I think their order was 60 something five pound bags. Yeah. 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 It's it's a lot of coffee. Yeah, I could imagine. It takes up a lot of room in the van. Yeah, Main Street Deli. <laughs> do you guys do Park Silly? We are doing it for the first time this year because we are doing it to spread the animal the animal rescue message. Generally speaking, from my perspective, I've been for the past few years thinking, well, I have a pretty good presence in Summit County. I mean, people know who we are up in Summit County. But then I changed this year. I'm like, you know what? Let's sit let's be there next to Nuzzles. And sell coffee bags and sell swag and spread the animal rescue give back message standing right next to the nuzzles tent. Okay. So we're doing that 10 weekends this summer. Where do you see yourself in five years with all this? I mean, do you have like any big goals that you care to share or some people don't like to share those? Keep them a little top secret. I didn't know if there was anything you wanted to share. Well, my goal, my vision is to become the go-to coffee for animal lovers nationwide. Okay. I want to ship coffee all over the country. I want to ship retail bags all over the country. I want to self-fulfill. Currently, I'm fulfilling through Amazon. So it's fulfillment by Amazon. I don't. I want to grow to a place where I'm just shipping coffee all over the country. People are just ordering right from my Shopify, and we are expanded, and we are just shipping coffee all over the place, and we are just saving animals all over the place. That's my vision. I have a huge vision. I don't know if John's on board with my vision because it's going to – Change your are you life. are you on board with her vision? No, I, I love the vision. You know, my my dog came from Nuzzles and Co. too, and and you know it's something that's really important to me and and to my family and really everybody on our team. Yeah, the whole team is very. Everybody on the team has a rescue. It's all. It's very much in the not only in my DNA in the company's DNA, but everybody in the company's DNA. So it's very it's very authentic, and it's it's yeah. it's what drives us. It's what drives our our desire to succeed. I'm sure you have family and friends that come visit the area and they're like, I've never been to Park City. What would you tell them to go check out? What would you tell them to visit, to check out, to do? Let's even just make it a little harder and say during this time of the year, during the summer months, obviously during the winter, you can go skiing, snowboarding, sledding, whatever. But is there anything fun that you would recommend this time of year? It depends on your activity level, right? So we have people in the visitor center come in and they don't, they're not interested in mountain biking or hiking. Sure. So I would send them up and over Guardsmen. I'd send them up to the top of Guardsmen. I'd send them to a, a you know a, a place to eat lunch. Which is I where? Might, where? Where I would might you tell send them to? Go them to uh, I might send them to the St. Regis because you sit outside; it's gorgeous. I might send them to Montage because you sit outside; it's gorgeous. It's right on the way up to uh, Guardsmen. I would definitely. That's definitely. I tell people who are driving. You know, they just want to drive somewhere. Maybe hit Main Street. Get back in the car. Keep going up Marsac, have lunch at one of the places, Deer Valley, St. Regis, or Montage. Sit outside, look at the view, keep going. Maybe go up and over and go down, uh, you know, the Cottonwoods. That's one thing I would tell them to do. Another thing I love to tell people to do because it's so fun for me is to go to Smith Morehouse. And Smith Morehouse is up. Reservoir. Yeah, I know, but it's up Weber Canyon. We, yeah, I think it's Weber Canyon. And it's only 20 minutes away from Park City, and it's this slot canyon. I mean, it's this gorgeous reservoir that you can just pull over. I mean, I go there and have dinner. You know, my husband and I, we take, like, the hibachi, and we go sit and swim and grill hamburgers. I mean, that is a super fun thing to do. And, of course, I'll send them mountain biking, if you know, depending on their fitness level. And the other thing people love is the Utah Olympic Park. They love the Flying All-Stars. They love to do the VR stuff up there. They love to do, um, you know, the Alpine Slide, those kinds of things. And the same thing with Park City Resort, like all those activities at the base of Park City. Those are really fun to do as well. 
And the other place I often tell people to go is Silver Star Cafe because I they're my friends. I love them and I love their food. And it's a beautiful venue to sit outside and have lunch or dinner. What about you, John? Would you add anything to that? Um, well, whenever my family from Louisiana comes into town, the first place they want to go is to Wand Ship to go to the High West Distillery, <laughs> pick up a few bottles that they can't of get course. down south, have some tasters on their patio, eat some food. That's a great, um, that's a that's a good one too. And yep. the new uh, Blue Sky Auberge. Yes. Now that restaurant's gorgeous as well. And that location's gorgeous as well. When I talk about eating establishment again, they have this hash that it's like a breakfast hash that's so good. I'm pretty sure it's pork, mm-hmm. Brussels sprouts, sweet potatoes, and they carry so many good bottled beers from all over the country. So that's a place that everyone kind of likes to stop into, eat, have lunch. And then um, I like to go outside of Park City a little bit. And I love that you went to mountains mm-hmm. and I love hiking, backpacking. I love to take people fly fishing too. So we'll get on the Provo River and, you know, we'll go hit some lakes, uh, you know, up Mirror Lake Highway and different things like that. I've had a great conversation with you guys. Getting, Has it been get, an hour? Getting, getting, what's, it's getting yeah. close to that. Get out of here. <laughs> We're just having too much down. fun. That's having too problem. much fun chatting. Oh my gosh. Uh, was there anything that you were hoping that we would talk about that we didn't get a chance to talk about? I mean, I think we talked about your blend, your give back program, what you're doing for, for, for the dogs, for the animals. Uh, what, I mean, like, what are some events that people listening might be able to see you uh, see some coffee. Like you're doing the Blues Festival today and you were doing something at Mark Miller we're doing, Subaru. Right, we earlier. did something at Mark Miller Subaru today. We're what? doing Park Silly Sunday Market. We do Liberty Park, the Farmer's, Farmer's Market. Market. Okay. Yep. We yeah. do the Liberty um, Park Farmer's Market. Yappy Hour. We do Yappy Hour. Which Yappy Hour is? It bounces around. I think they have a couple at Fremont and I think they have a couple at Liberty. Okay. And that's. It's like, like a, six to nine. It's like a happy hour, but it's Yappy Hour. You bring your dog. Is that a certain day of the week? It's. Or? I think it's Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Well, okay. I'm pretty sure it's Tuesday yeah. nights. You have to Google it. Yeah. Put it, yeah. Look it up on Facebook. Oh, we're doing something. the Cirque series. Okay. So, I mean, people listening have a lot of opportunities. If they don't make it out to your brick-and-mortar location, they might see you around Salt Lake, Park City. And they can find our coffee in a bunch of places. You can buy our coffee in addition to Amazon. You can buy it at Whole Foods. You can buy it at the store. You can buy it at Camas Food Town, uh, Park City Market. Jade Market. Jade Market. You can, uh, if you're at the U, our coffee's at the U at the business school. It's at Two Creeks. We're in a number of restaurants and we're in, you know, now the like, business school. What is, what is the business school? Well, the business school has a cafeteria and we, our oh, co- we supply it, the coffee. Okay. To, okay. For the I was, I didn't know if it's an actual shop to buy a, a no, bag no, of it. I was like, no. the business school to buy a bag of it. And Pig in a Jelly Jar uses our coffee and they also sell our bags. Okay. They, they like the light roast like John does. So they, they sell Nutric and they sell the bags of Nutric to uh, support Nuzzles and company. Um, now, now, what if somebody listening has a coffee shop, they have a location that they want to sell your coffee? Who who would they contact? They would contact me, Claudia, okay. at Claudia at Hugo.coffee. And please, God, do. I'd love the more people, <laughs> the better. <laughs> the more people using my coffee, the more animals that we're saving. So yeah. call me. Absolutely. And um, and what's the website? www dot hugo dot coffee i love that you got a dot coffee <laughs> we got a dot coffee and we're on instagram at at the hugo dot coffee the same with facebook and twitter it's the hugo dot coffee what do you guys do for fun when you're not making coffee when you're not roasting coffee i mean you mentioned fly fishing stuff like that i didn't know if you had any other hobbies interests things that that kind of occupy your time well we work really hard all winter Really, really hard. Um, so our time to play is kind of in the summer. So hobbies of mine, I love to backpack and I love to fly fish. I like spending time on the river. And I we did my our first big river trip, me and my girlfriend and a couple of our friends. And we're, we're new to rafting, so we've been trying to do that, um, as well as concerts. Park City offers a lot of opportunities for some fun um, local music as well as bringing in different acts. Deer Valley, Canyons. What is it? Mountain Town music? Is that? Yeah, Mountain Town music. Mm-hmm. Similarly, my husband and I love music. So we go to lots and lots of concerts in the summer. We also love to travel. And I just bought a teardrop, a tab, T ampersand B, a teardrop camper. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. oh okay, okay. So excited. Has a queen size bed. Very happy. We like to camp and we love to travel. I mean, we really are, we're leaving for Ireland in a month, and oh, I'm then in now. September we're going for three weeks to Asia. We're going to oh, Bali, wow. Lombok, Vietnam, 
and maybe to Komodo. See, that's what we need to start doing, Chrissy. We do. We need yeah. to get the kids out of the house first. Yeah. Get out of the house. <laughs> get we, out of the house. That's what it helps to be empty nesters when you're yeah, doing that. Yeah, for sure. It also, by the way, helps to have fabulous staff that can run the joint while you're gone. I was going to say, it would be hard to leave for three weeks. It's not. Because so these great. guys have it dialed in. Was yeah. it tough like, though I don't even think they care if I show up. <laughs> was it was it tough for you though at first to leave? Like for me, it would be tough. I have a hard time with. I'm, I'm getting better. Like if you went on I'm vacation and I had to record an episode, yeah, you would die. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like to kind of be in control of things. Yeah, I, I think that um, it when I had the when it was just the coffee shop that was tough for me to leave uh, because I also worked it and I don't work the coffee shop anymore. I don't work at the coffee shop anymore. And now the coffee shop is pretty self-sustaining as well because I have a good manager. And honestly, I have never worried about leaving the roasting company because John is the one doing the roasting. You know, I'm the one spreading the, the message and doing the selling and doing the- Claudia writes the checks, shares the, shares the love, and uh, gets new customers. Right. And John does is the talent. So I can leave the talent. And, and you, it, and and you everything, know it's in good hands. It's in great hands. I yeah. mean, my staff is, our staff is really good and they're kind of lifers. You know, we have a very close knit group that really love the company and really love working at the company and they love the mission. So they're totally fine on their own without me. And no, I'm not a control freak at all. I am not, I'm not a micromanager at all. I'm definitely someone who likes to let people fly, like just soar. I'm going to give you this opportunity. You take it and you run with it. That's cool. Not a lot of uh, uh, business owners are like that. You know, a lot yeah, of them are kind of control hungry people. No, I it's could a, learn. A it's lot hard to that. lose a hat, like the whole hat loss thing when you start to expand. Oh, take and- my hat. <laughs> I just want you to take my hat. <laughs> awesome. Chrissy has a final question that she throws out at people that come through here. If Is there anything else you want to bring up before we throw the final question out or, or are we good? To- just, I just really want, you know, I just really want to mention again yeah, about yeah. the dog days cold brew packs, because this is a little bit of a disruptor product. There aren't a lot of there aren't a lot of products like this out there. And like I said, it's a four ounce bag. You throw it in a quart of water and 12 hours later you have a quart of cold brew. And we're also launching um, a light roast okay. cold brew pack this week. Ooh. And I'll have the links for these uh, for your website too. If people are driving and they can't remember it, you can just go to IamSaltLake.com with this episode. All the links for uh, to connect with Hugo Coffee. Uh, to buy Hugo coffee from uh, Amazon or the website. I mean, where would you rather people? I've obviously, I guess, in person, but do you like to route people to Amazon? What's the best place well, the, to route people? One of to? the only places you can buy the cold brew products is Amazon. Okay, okay. There aren't a lot of brick and mortars. You can't find it at um, I just didn't know from Whole the Foods. website directly you could buy it. No, not yet because I fulfill through Amazon. But you can go to the website. I'd love you to go to the website because you're going to get directed okay. there anyway. Okay. It's going to Even if you were to buy, it's going to get fulfilled on Amazon. My personal place, favorite place for you to buy is my coffee shop. Well, sure, sure. But yes. we, we have listeners all over the world. <laughs> yes. So, so I Amazon wanna, you know, I is the way to go. To uh, the best direction. Absolutely. To, to, Amazon to is the way to go. The that, in that instance. Very cool. My turn. If you guys, I would like you each to leave our listeners with either one piece of life advice or a life motto that you live by. Don't be afraid to make decisions. They're not forever. You can always pivot and adjust accordingly. That's actually very timely advice. I love it. For all the time. You got anything, John, or if you don't, no, no, not the end of the world. Do what you love. You'll never work a day in your life. Many thanks again to Claudia McMullen and John Lynn for joining us on this episode of the podcast. You can find all the links to connect with them and all the links for Hugo Coffee by visiting our website at IamSaltLake.com slash 389. And that's for episode 389. Hey, support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9. Amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. And it is weekly recommendation time, that time of the podcast where Chrissy and I give a weekly recommendation, something we either discovered, something we enjoy, or something we just want to tell you guys about. And uh, Chrissy's going to go first oh, at good. Ladies First, right? <laughs> what is your Indeed. We- what is your weekly recommendation this so, week, Chrissy? I don't know how this is going to work out, but my weekly recommendation is trying to make your own kombucha. So I uh, actually started making some kombucha at work. 
I have not tasted it yet because it has like three weeks to still sit and ferment. Wait, that's how long it has to sit for? At- it's like seven to 21 days. Wow. So so I'm waiting to see how it works out. I don't know if it's going to be worth it or not. Can, but we, can we give the listeners an update? We'll definitely give them an update. you taste it. And I made it with green tea instead of black tea because that's all I had. So... It might be a disaster. Is that typically how know. you make kombuchas with black tea? I guess black tea is the best one to make it with for mm. some reason. So it was yeah. funny. You posted on Facebook that you were going to be making kombucha and some of yeah. the responses like just some- stick your feet in water, you know, know. like <laughs> some people really just don't like the taste of kombucha, which well, is really quite strange to me. I mean, I get it. It's not like it's not like Coke, right? It's not Coca-Cola. It's oh, not I think it tastes right, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It works, you know? My weekly recommendation is The Dark Tourist. This is on Netflix, and I've only watched a couple of episodes now, but I want to watch more. It's fascinating. I just kind of stumbled upon it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Chrissy is going to love this. I love it. This guy, I mean, he just travels the world, but he travels to uh, more of the dark places like Pablo Escobar's like, old stomping grounds. Yeah, and like uh, there's tourism where you can try to cross the border and see uh, what that experience is like. The interesting thing is it made me want to go travel Yeah, because when everyone else travels and they're like on the beach or whatever, it, it kind of looks boring. Yeah. This is like the dark uh, areas it of is the world. Interesting. Yeah. So good. I also recommend it. Can I do that? Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to support our show sponsors, Mark Miller Subaru, Market Source Real Estate, KRCL, and especially for you, your downtown florist. We'll have links for all of them at our website under the notes for this episode, which you can find at IamSaltLake.com. Hey, and while you're on our website, IamSaltLake.com, you could dig through the entire back catalog of episodes. There are close to 400 episodes on this website. I could guarantee there are at least one or two that you did not listen to yet that you could share with a family friend too, right? We don't charge anything for this podcast, so sharing it with a friend or a family member is the least that you could do, you guys. So so dig through some of that back catalog and share some of those old episodes. And if you want to send us anything ever, you could send us letters, postcards, or packages to P.O. Box 4412, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84110. And if you send us something... We'll talk about it here on the podcast. We will, indeed. Hey, you have a great week. Make sure to get out and enjoy the city. Support local whenever possible. And we're going to see you on the next episode. And good night, Grammy.